it's Natasha. And Khalil. We are the co-hosts of Woken, Woken Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into our 29th episode of Woken Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesdays, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything that's important to us, to you, and the world, and nothing is off the table. In this episode, we're talking all about mental health with our special guest, model, activist, artist, Faith Costa. But before we get there, we have a couple of things to go over. First, have you subscribed to Woken Free on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, or iHeartRadio? If not, please do. We greatly appreciate your love and support. Second, have you shared an episode with a friend or family member? Hey now, sharing is caring, so feel free to share this episode or any of our past episodes. Again, greatly appreciated. And then please do talk to us on social media. You'll easily find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Woken Free. Each week, we like to share a little bit about us before we dive into the topic for the episode. Last week, we shared what we typically procrastinate with. This week, we're sharing what's the silliest thing we did as a child. Interesting, uh, interesting share. So one of my aunts, and she knows who she is when she listens to this, used to, she loves to tell everyone that when I was younger, uh, for some reason, <laughs> uh, the word that I used to say all the time was ridiculous because I thought that that's how you should have said ridiculous. Now that in and of itself is ridiculous <laughs> and I'm not quite sure where I got that from, but you couldn't tell me nothing. I think I was around maybe six or seven and I would go around saying, that's ridiculous, auntie, that's ridiculous, dad. It was wildly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and definitely the silliest thing that I did as a kid. But what about you? Um, I did a lot of things that probably weren't silly or they probably more bad, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, may, this, to me, the thing I did that was kind of silly was at one point in my uh, younger years, I had an obsession with crabs, so I would just draw <laughs> crabs. Now, I think it's because I saw a movie and I saw the crab in it. I don't know. I just grew obsessed with it. A movie. It. Shout out to Disney. <laughs> Shout out to... What? Do you think you know which movie is? I, I'd like our audience to guess what the movie is. Okay, guy. They're going to have to guess this movie. Ugh. That's how it goes. Sounds good. Okay. So now that we've shared our silliest thing, I think now it's time for us to get into our conversation with our special guest. But before we do, let me share uh, her bio with everyone so that we're all up to speed with who Faith Costa is. She is a plus size model who jumpstarted her career through Instagram. In mid 2015, she started her journey of body positivity, self love and mental health awareness. However, her lifelong love for fashion was able to shine through with that and has been given a plethora of opportunities to truly begin her career of modeling. Faith has been featured in Huffington Post style, plus model magazine, Fabu Plus magazine, and many more inclusive publications. And I personally have been very fortunate to interview her and work with her, so I, I love Faith. Uh, not only is she building her empire from the ground up and making a name for herself in the fashion world, but she also works as a freelance artist where she paints, draws, illustrates, and um, 
pretty much uses art as another medium to showcase her passion and advocacy work as a body positive act activist as well as an activist for mental health awareness. She's an artist with Art Sugar and she also has a shop through Society6. While she currently resides in New Jersey, she works in New York, Philly, New Jersey, and is you know fulfilling her dreams of being a model, an artist in mental health, awareness advocate and uh and it's just it's been an honor to know her and i'm really excited that she's able to join us for woken free and just so you know faith always says this phrase and i think it's something that we all can take to heart she usually says not every day is easy but every day is worth at least trying so without further ado let's uh chat with faith the first thing we start off with is a personal share because as you know each week we like to share something about ourselves so this personal share question is what was the funniest thing you did as a child? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the funniest thing I did as a child was, oh man, I remember when I was, the first time I was ever on an airplane, I um, basically got out of my chair and locked in to under one of the seats with in front of the man in front of me and the entire plane um had to like was like throwing up like lollipops and stuffed animals and everything and my dad having to like gently pry my fingers off of the bar in front of this man <laughs> and like and I embarrassed my parents really badly <laughs> but I was so little I was just scared and I didn't know <laughs> That's but that's always a story that's told to me. <laughs> Did you do that before the plane took off, or what? Like, what point it, uh, in the flight? I was. Were we were like in the air. I'm pretty sure, so we could not land. Like it was. Oh, it was the hilarious. entire plane, and that was. I always laugh whenever I hear that story <laughs> because <laughs> I. I was like I was like little. I must have been like two or three. Aww. And I can picture myself doing that. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, man. Okay. Wow. okay. So um, that's awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, we're excited to have you on Woken Free. So, Faith, I guess the first, like, question question will be, you know, is when it comes to mental health and how it's talked about and addressed, do you think we have the conversation enough in our society, too much, too little? What are your thoughts? We do not have it nearly enough. And we always have it at the wrong times when we do. Mm. Um, I think it needs to be regulated, this conversation. Um, the only time I feel like it's ever brought up in the media is when for instance, like what's happening right now um, with the mass shootings or when something like tragic and intense happens, it's the only time when, oh, this is to blame, um, where it's not, uh, where it is such a common thing for like most of the population of the world that um, <laughs> a lot of people um, struggle with like mental illness and mental health. Um, and I 100,000% it needs to be talked about more. I always make sure that I, when people ask me how I'm doing in a day, um, I'm honest about it because when we normalize, oh, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm great, how are you? That like diminishes the reality of 
what we're all going through. And if I can say, you know what, today I'm not having a great day. <laughs> How are you doing? Then I think it makes it more, it'll put progress into the world of, of knowing that we're not all not alone, you know? Mm, okay. And just so everyone knows, um, when you, when we are talking about mental health, what are we talking about? Are we talking about anxiety? Are we talking about depression, schizophrenia, everything in between? Like when you think of the term mental health, what, what do you, what does that mean to you? All of the above. Yeah, definitely. Even, I mean, mental health, everyone has mental health. We need to take care of our mental health. And with that um, can come, you know, we have mental illnesses as well, which is, you know, like diagnosed depression, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and things like that. Um, I personally, uh, you know, suffer with mental health issues such as, depression, anxiety, and, and so on and so forth. Um, so just the conversation, I feel like in the broad terms of things, is mental health and mental health issues. And then from that is everything else, for sure. And all of it needs to be talked about. Gotcha. If you were to list out things that people know need to know when it comes to mental health, what would that list include? I would say, first and foremost, is that it is very common. Um, I feel like a lot of people, even me, when I first was realizing things that um, I thought it was rare, I thought no one else felt the things that I felt, I thought that it was very uncommon. So I would, I think the most important thing is for people to know that they're not alone and that this is common and that it will be okay. Um, I think the other thing that's major on my list is to let people know that there is help um, mm -hmm. in many forms, whether that be therapy, medication, meditation, um, going to groups. Um, there's so many options, and I feel like we need to talk about them because people are unaware of them because we don't talk about it. So they don't know that they can get other forms of help. Um, so I think those are my main bullets <laughs> for, for, okay. for it, for sure. Gotcha. Okay. And recently, you know, we, we've had some terrible tragedies in this country. And uh, I think the most recent shooting in Florida has seemed to really uh, kind of route up people and they're kind of like at uh, a breaking point because they're like, you know, we've had 17 deaths and it seems like nothing is going to change. And now, you know, what's come to the forefront by you know who has been... Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> person and most, um, most, mostly yours. Hardly, and uh, <laughs> and, and it seems like you know now the the conversation is not a conversation, but it's now a blame game on the mentally right. ill. And uh, I don't know if I've necessarily seen that uh, labeling and that type of um, kind of pushback uh, when it comes to gun shooting. So what what do you think's going on there? What are your thoughts? How would you want to address this if you, you know, were speaking in before Congress or speaking to you know who? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I'd probably have to, I'm going to restrain myself slightly. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a really tough situation because with these mass shootings, um, you know, all of these people that did these things have something in common and is that they are murderers and that they are terrorists. Um, I don't 
think it should be blamed on mental illness. I'm sure that that is a part of it. I think for this particular situation, they said that he um, voiced his homicidal thoughts and Mm. did not get help and no one really helped him. Um, I think that is a major part of it, Um, especially if, you know, that was made so clear to everyone around him. And if he's walking in his front yard with a gun, though, I think that's the real issue um, that that control needs to be uh, first and foremost, because if we don't have to worry about getting guns, then I think that the, the, those homicidal thoughts uh, are less likely to take uh, action um, because there's no way to, there's not an easy way to do so (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. with mental illness. It's a tough one because you have to uh, want help um, unless you're, you know, of a certain age. So he was young. You can be forced into um, a hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think someone should have forced him into a hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, If he was being so vocal for such a long period of time and clearly suffered from um, tragedies of, uh, you know, really bad losing both of his parents. That is awful. Mm-hmm. Someone, everyone should have taken care of him and let him know that there is help and that it's not normal to have those thoughts because mm-hmm. that is the extreme. That is the mental illness part of things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I feel like, a lot of times like with these incidences and these, you know, uh, terrorist attacks and, and mass shootings, mental illness is brought up so much mm-hmm. like, Oh, this person was schizophrenic and, or, Oh, this person was, you know, you know, it's kind of like an out. Mm-hmm. It's almost a defense I feel like. And I feel like when it comes to that, it's so much bigger than just mental illness. There's something else in there, (laughs) you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything, but, you know, I, I think that that's a different kind of chemical imbalance (laughs) um, to, to be able to do, to do that. Um, And there needs to be other conversations. Um, I'm not necessarily sure what they are, but I think that we need to start taking precautions. Um, Something needs to change. Obviously we're not doing something right here. Um, I think, (laughs) I think it's pretty obvious. Um, I'm sure that you guys would agree that gun control needs to happen. Um, You know, I think that misconception of like, Oh, we want to take away people's guns. No, we need them to be in the right people's hands. You know, I think that if they had done a background check on this young man, he should not have gotten a gun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a convoluted was, was issue. A, I mean, was there a check done or something, and it was done incorrectly? I thought there was some like mishandling of, of him yeah. getting the gun or something, where that, they were supposed to do a check I, but they didn't. I thought something like that had happened. That I don't know. Oh, I mean, okay. I think it's a convoluted issue strange. because I think, like you brought up, the fact that you know you can't shoot someone if you don't have a gun to shoot, right? So there is definitely that conversation, which definitely upsets a lot of Second Amendment, <laughs> Second Amendment right. 
advocates in this country uh, and people and Khalil is a fan of supporting people having guns. I'm not actually. I think that at the end of the day, you're, you, you cannot cause harm if you don't have a weapon of harm in your hand. Right. And I think that, you know, is it right to take away people's rights to have things like guns? No, it's not right. But then how do you add it? Like you're saying, how do you adequately check and and so if and if if there is a mistake and that yeah. mistake results in 17 people's lives who do you turn back to right do who do you so it's the person it's, who sold the gun i would yeah i would close that that shop down immediately i mean right never sell firearms i know but that's again. just that one spot it's but like if you a, start a, doing that if you start making examples i bet none of these places get closed down like, but i don't i don't know what the legal to, i don't know what happen. the legal know, you can't do that yeah but of shutting down business because again that that's would, a right that to, would you know, that to come commerce with, and, so that would come with gun control if they had yeah. laws in place that said hey if somebody gets up, a gun yeah, from you and, and they go on to commit murders you know you didn't you didn't adequately like check them before giving them but can you can you can you someone needs to break that chain though and then like can you can you pay to make sure that that gun never gets chased back to your store? Like, so that's what I'm saying. There's so much corruption. And also what you mentioned, well, yeah, the fact yeah, yeah. that just because you could have a mental health is, uh, issue doesn't mean you automatically ha are homicidal in nature, right? So, well, right. So, like, I have a history of mental health issues, right? Mm -hmm. um, however, I know that I would never use a gun on someone. No way. In, no way. Mm -hmm. But... Mm -hmm. I always say it's actually funny. Like I'd love to go to a shooting range sometime, mm -hmm. um, you know. But I would be worried that I wouldn't be able to, mm. you know. Yeah. So there, it, there yeah. are such like fine lines because I know me. Everyone that knows me knows me. Yeah. But I feel like on paper I might not necessarily. I don't know. I mean, where what is extent of the process? You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I feel like there needs to be a different process. I feel mm -hmm. like whatever the way that they're doing it is not working. There needs yeah. to be some other kind of scanning process, background check. There needs to be like an interview or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer, but it, whatever is the way that they're doing it is not working. <laughs> we need I to figure out another option. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. And um, actually, there is, uh, you know, there recently there was an article in the New York Times, in case you want to check it out, we will have it available on WokenFree.com, where, uh, you know, the question is, is there a, a correlation between mental health issues and gun violence? And despite you know whose uh, ac accusations of... Um, <laughs> he also shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Baltimore. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're really the, the majority of people who are shooting off and popping off are not mentally ill, actually. A 2016 academic study estimated that just 4% of violence is associated with mental, serious mental illness alone. And uh, also a 2015 study found that less than 5% of gun-related killings in the U.S. between 2001 and 2010 were committed by people diagnosed with mental illness. So despite everyone, wow. like, you know, claims, and I didn't even know this because I would have thought, no. wow, well, yeah, if you want to go and kill a bunch of people, maybe there is, you know, something. But no, it, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said, there's a difference between mental health and homicidal, right? Like, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there is. It's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, they just try to group anybody yeah, with any now, mental 
mental yeah illness they and that's say, not oh, true you're, you're, mo- you're going to be more likely to kill somebody yeah but, you know people murderers like, like a, murder, is a murderer you a murder a murder is a murder that's, that's actually a different issue that's going on yeah so why right. and that's why i said terrorists because terrorists terrorism is i feel like a completely different it's a different entity it's a different <laughs> type of person you know um which I exclude, I feel like from mental health and mental illness, you know what I mean? That's a whole special kind of thing, um, <laughs> which it would include, you know, having the capability to murder people. Um, I don't like to think that people with uh, mental health issues and everyone with mental illnesses have that, um, you know, in them. I would say that very few do. I think mm-hmm. it's a different it's it's a different issue. It's a different um, kind of person. But yeah. with the media telling us mm. that when these when these occurrences happening, oh, this is the issue. And if that's the only time we're hearing it, of course, like I'm shocked to hear that that was such a small number of percentage. You know, yeah. so yeah. which is why we need to have this conversation more for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what made you want to become a mental health advocate, Faith? Well, because I've clearly um, gone through my own mental health issues my entire life, Mm -hmm. and I've never, it took me a really long time to realize I was not alone. I've been in therapy since I've been in seventh grade, um, and I'm going to be 25, so I am such a pro therapy therapy person. I think everyone needs a therapist. I think therapists need therapists. Um, yeah. My sister is actually a social worker, and we were very pro. Um, people need help. People just need someone to talk to. I feel like every single person needs someone to talk to, even if it's like, even if you don't suffer from like really like aggressive or like severe. Um, you know, depression or anxiety or anything, I feel like everyone needs like a yearly checkup, just like you would go to your regular doctor and say, hey, this is the recap. I'm either good or I'm like, oh, this happened. Oh, this is a concern of mine. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's so whenever I like talk about it with people, people are either very um, much so in the same boat as me or other people think it's such a faux pas it's so like oh we shouldn't talk about that you know Mm -hmm. but then I always find out that those are the people who are suffering and don't think that they can talk about it and then don't get the help Mm -hmm. I want to talk about these things because I want everyone to know that they aren't alone this is common there is help there is support you don't have to go through these things alone. It is hard, but you can get through it. You've gotten through every day of your life thus far, and you can get through today and tomorrow just as much, you know? Um, you, know you know, it's interesting, though, as I do like your idea that your suggestion that, like, if everyone was mandated to, like, have a mental health check-in, like, as, like, you know, like us women, when we have to go for our regular mm-hmm. you know, annual checkup, the thing about it in our society is, though, you get labels put into your like into your records, right? In the sense of, say, you go for a mental health checkup and you think you're fine. Turns out you're clinically depressed. Uh, Depending upon what profession, like as an attorney, yeah. as an attorney, that would then um, like that would be something like I would have to report to like the Mm. bar association it wouldn't necessarily affect me because I'm not like a traditional attorney but how do like how do we I think it has to be 
we have to figure that out be because, anonymous. because it seems like people or... might be afraid to really identify like to to kind of diagnose then it could if it right, but if we if but their... if it was regulated then people would have an actual better understanding of what those diagnoses actually are and then it's not that scary mm. you know if we will, if we can access that, because that thing is, is the stigmas of the labels, right? What is depression? What is anxiety? What is bipolar? What is, you know, any of it? Because I think that people have the wrong ideas of it. So if people actually go and people actually learn and we continue this mm -hmm. and this conversation, then those stigmas are removed and then we can just function. <laughs> and then reporting that to your, to work, they will understand as well because they have to do it too. You know what I mean? So then it, that label isn't as heavy. I mean, that take that would take, you know, time and years and, you know, many a practices, but <laughs> it's a nice thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, it'd be interesting though, is like if everybody did it and it turns out everybody has some type of mental condition. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Right? I mean, honestly though, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't think we have enough data points at this I mean, this that would be interesting. Because uh, we don't know how many people are getting, you know, getting the therapy and being diagnosed. Well, you're not required to get therapy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I think that, right. Even if we just look at all the Americans, huh. if we look at the total population, how huh. many, how many people in the population would are getting have, therapy? Yeah. And then if they did get therapy, how many would be diagnosed? I bet you would be a bigger number than, it might be more than half, I would say. Probably. Yeah. I would, I would say more than 50% of Americans. I'm just taking a stab in the dark. But I, I think so. There is. I mean, there are studies done that there is a lot. I, I'm trying to see if I know the number correctly. Um, it's I'm pr I think it's like at least almost half of the population suffer from some form of depression or anxiety mm. of the world, the people of the world. world. You know, no, not even not. just in the United States. It's it's, it's cumulatively. Okay. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Well, yeah, and and I guess then you're right because it's kind of like how can you you know, it'd be like pot, meat, kettle, right? Yeah. Like, if, you know, if, right. if like, oh, you have something, you know, and, and I do agree. I think that people have to stop stigmatizing, you know, because you, you started the conversation by saying, you know, everyone has mental health and we have to take care of this mental health, right? So we have to right. stop kind of judging people and try to take care of people. And I, and I do say this all the time that like the best thing that we can do as human beings is, is to offer kindness and compassion because we, you know, everyone is different. Everyone's story is different. And just because someone is struggling doesn't mean that they don't need help. It doesn't mean that they don't need um, love and, and care and compassion. So I don't know, right. I guess people listen to this. Hopefully if they feel like they've wanted to get assessed, they, they take kind of your advice and they go and, and do it. And, um, Oh, okay. Um, what do you think is like the future of like how, how going forward, you know, with, you know, who and, and our government and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be more shootings because unfortunately that just seems like the horrible trend that's happening in this country. And I, you know, our thoughts are with whoever gets uh, affected by yeah. this. What do you think, what's, what's going to happen? Where, where are we five years from now? What does this conversation look like? Oh gosh. I wish I knew. Um, I know what I want it to look like. I want it to be very, very different. I want there to be actions taken. I think there needs to be dramatic change. Do I think that's going to happen? I'm worried it's going to go in a different direction, especially with what 
the president just suggested with the mm -hmm. schools um, and the teachers. <laughs> um, I think that is the polar opposite of what needs to be done. I think a lot of people can agree that's um, kind of actually just silly and ridiculous. <laughs> that's just like a funny thing to say, like, oh, you know, um, but I'm worried. I'm I'm a bit scared, to be perfectly honest, that um, anything is possible. Now, anything is possible, though. So with that, you know, it's a coin flip. Anything is possible, and it could get really, really bad, or anything is possible, and everything could be fixed magically, and something is actually done. I yeah. hope it's that end of things. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I agree with you. When, when I heard that suggestion, I was like, wow, did someone just watch, like, the Gunslinger movie? And, like, we're, <laughs> we're going to be gunslingers. and um, Literally. And you know, what was interesting, and I don't know if people want to talk about this, but I saw someone like post on Facebook that like, hey, if teachers are having guns, you know, they don't feel certain people of certain communities don't feel comfortable putting their children of color, say, in schools because there's still race relation issues in this country. And <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> then that's, that brings a whole other, you know, that other major yeah. issue in this country yeah. right now, you know. <laughs> exactly. We still have a lot of shootings against, you know, men of color, boys of color. So what does that mean for our boys of color in schools? They're already being shot out on the street. Right. Now they're getting shot out in school. I mean, wait a minute now. Like, so, and I, yeah. and I didn't even think about that. So I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, are, do people just need to be in pods and we can't even interact anymore? We just have to like walk around and Literally. I, I don't well, know. then there's the other thing is that if you're giving guns to teachers, then those are, you know, that's a whole third of the population more that needs the background checks. And how many of those are going to be incidences? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, this, it's, it's so ridiculous because just think about it. So the, I don't know, like the average class size, but even if you have 15 kids and one teacher, mm. the teacher has one, I don't know, he has a handgun or something. Yeah. So he's going to use this handgun against the, these students. Like, I don't, I don't think that's like reasonable to expect. What, mm. if, what if you have like three bad apples in the class and they yeah. just hate their teacher. They can all kind of like gang up on him, take his gun. And then, and then shoot, that's easy. They can go on a shooting people like that. I think so it would it's create not, more violence. It's definitely yeah. not. That's, it's a silly thing to say. I think it was just kind of just said, like it wasn't thought about when when he made that comment. Well, that, that's he tends to say things without thinking, so that is. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I... uh, our president. I'm not gonna touch that. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know about that one. Babe. I don't know if I can touch that one. <laughs> How about this? How about um? I think you had a question, right? Yeah. So you're since you're a big uh, mental health advocate. Can you tell others how they can become more involved with uh, mental health advocacy and how and how can they support others in this country? So I would say um, doing research um, and following like I personally follow like the mental um, the National Alliance on Mental Health of Mental Illness, NAMI and AMI and um, things like that. So you're, you're in the community. Um, the it's really about, I would say, to, like, take a start is to, like, have conversations. Mm -hmm. um, whether you want to use social media, whether you want to talk directly to people that you know, um, that's, like, the first step. Um, but also making sure that you're giving 
um, semi-knowledgeable um, actual information of, like, where to get proper help. So, like, personally, I keep in my wallet, I don't know the numbers offhand, but I keep the suicide hotline number and the um, – uh, oh, what's the other number? Anyway, in my wallet – the official numbers so that I can give them to anyone in case of emergencies. That's just something I always have on me no matter what. Um, and I have used them before, like for people. They've It's been um, a really good thing to have. Um, so you have to figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. in the mental health community. So for me, I want to have conversations. I want to regulate it. I want people to get help. Um, I'm actually going to be working with a company called BetterHelp, mm-hmm. which is an app that is, that you can talk to licensed professionals on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to therapists 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because um, people are scared to go to therapists, and it's very expensive. <laughs> so mm-hmm. with like an app like an app like that, um, people have the comfort of going to therapy and talking to someone in the comfort of their own home, and on their phone. You can text them, you can video call them, you can do things like that, which is like incredible. So like supporting mm-hmm. companies like that are mm-hmm. major. Wow. What was the name of the app again? Better Help. Better help. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely, we'll definitely make sure that we include information on WokenFree.com so that people can uh, get that resource as well. And, uh, you know, that is interesting, right? Because even, um, even you would think, you know, what would be the issue of going to the therapist? But yeah, maybe people, maybe they aren't comfortable going, but they, they still need the help. So that sounds like an incredible app. Yeah. And I, I thought it's interesting. Definitely. And it's much cheaper too. So like, even like students or you know younger people who like can't afford to spend two hundred or three hundred dollars on a therapy session, if you pay you know thirty dollars a week to have twenty four seven contact, I think that's incredible. I would have used that. Oh yeah, and I I think that's nice how you can use uh, texting or video chatting. That's that's great for I know younger kids prefer that. So instead of like going, definitely. In, so that that's actually a really neat thing. Perfect. I love this. Well, we definitely want to talk about this uh, more uh, on Woken Free. I think, like you're saying, the conversation has to be had and it shouldn't just be around, oh, wow, people died. Let's talk about mental health. But like, let's continue the conversation. Let's talk about things that are going on with people. And hopefully everyone listening um, took away a lot of information. They they kind of, uh, you know, can they can relate to what you're saying. And uh, and if people want to get in touch with you to maybe learn more about your advocacy work or other projects that you're doing, because Faith is amazing, everyone. I will, I will, you know, we will make sure that we include Aubrey all her details on wokenfree.com, but give everyone the details as to like what projects you're working on, what are you currently doing that's related to mental health or self-love, dot dot dot. So I do a lot of different things. I did just launch a campaign called Hashtag the the Gift of Self-Love with um, Cherry Pie Productions. And what we did was we did a pinup vintage photo shoot and um, campaign with 22 models ranging from sizes double zero to 28, including cis, 
trans, non-binary, femme, all these incredible people um, from all different walks of life to really um, redefine what Valentine's Day um, means and to really give yourself the best gift, which is self-love, because that's where love comes from first. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, if you want to see more of that campaign, you can go on to Cherry Pie Productions' Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, you can, and we do like giveaways. We really talk about a lot of different things there. And on Instagram, you can follow me at faith underscore plus fashion. And I'll be talking a lot about better help soon. And I have um, lots of conversations about body positivity and self-love and kind of that journey and, um, the realities of it, knowing that not every day is, you know, perfect. Because <laughs> I think that's the stigma with body positivity and people who represent it is that, oh, I feel amazing 100,000% of the time. I'm body positive. It's like, if you do, that's amazing. But I know that I don't. <laughs> I do identify as body positive, but I know that uh, some days you wake up not feeling so good. So um, I like to really focus on those types of things. Um, so you should follow me and I got like lots of exciting things coming up and, um, some things that, um, touch on, yes, body positivity, mental health, art. I am an artist as well. I'm a painter and an illustrator. Um, I do really pretty things and really dark things. So just, uh, stay in touch and see what's coming. There's lots. There's lots in the works. <laughs> I can't really pinpoint any specific projects, but follow me on Instagram at faith underscore plus fashion or my art page at faith Costa underscore original artwork and the cherry pie productions, Instagram page, which is at cherry pie productions. You're so, awesome. Yeah. Yes. And uh, <laughs> listening, you'll fall in love with the new campaign. Self-love is super duper important. I definitely uh, love to be a part of that work uh, for what I do with Dressing Room 8. And uh, yes, uh, thank you for joining Woken Free. We're super excited yes. to have thank had you. Thank you so on. much for having me. I was so excited. I'm like beyond like honored. I was like, I was happy about it, but I'm like, I feel so special to be talking to you guys. <laughs> you are part of the Woken Free family. So. We are at that time again. It is the end of our 29th episode of Woke and Free. That was horribly crazy. That was really good. That was, I think we should sell that soundtrack. I think that was opera from hell. Well, <laughs> I don't know what you think hell is, but that was definitely some Clearly right in the middle of it. <laughs> that was a good performance, Clearly. I think. People would pay for that. Yeah, people, a.k.a. your mom and brother. And you. <laughs> True. True that. <laughs> we had quite the episode talking all about mental health with our special guest, Faith Costa. And, you know, I really just, uh, you know, I think we both were uh, really excited to just hear her thoughts on it and really just have an open conversation. And so if you want us to revisit the subject, definitely you know what you need to do. You need to hit us up on WokenFree.com. And uh, will I leave you hanging for what our next episode will be about? On our next episode, we will be talking about Project Repat with the co-founder Nathan Rothstein. Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along in the conversation and 
Make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday. Two, join the conversation at WokenFree.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, which I know you do, we've been lining up so many, so make sure you submit a topic for an upcoming episode or something that you feel very passionately about on our Contact Us page at WokenFree.com. And I cannot stress again, please feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Woken Free. We love to chat on social and hear what's going on with you so that we can all be Woken Free. If you didn't already subscribe, please do. Share the episode. And make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Until next time.